from the Seven Stars Bar and Grill, 398 Bascom Avenue. And uh, all is, you know, all that's right in the world. They just, they're recovering from... Uh, Jumping joint tonight, though. Yeah, absolutely. But they're recovering from uh, Star Wars Day. You know, may the 4th be with you. And, uh, and we noticed that uh, from, I think, I think the repercussions of recording episode number 350 over here was that Drew Campbell, who came in and was great Star Wars expertise for us on the podcast is now running Star Wars miniature games in the corner. Yep. And as always, no <laughs> wagering, please. But he's over there. It's great. He's got a little he, section. Is he still there? I, oh, no. I think he... he has uh, he migrated over to the bar? He's not at the bar. Well, you know, the sun is about to set, and Drew hasn't had a drink yet. So uh, that's probably there, too. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if little X-Wing fighters start going... By pew, us. pew, yes, pew. He starts pew-pewing us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, again, we thank uh, Paul Cunha for letting us be here at Seven Stars Bar and Grill. And uh, what's today? This is actually uh, the seventh seventh of seventh, May. It's the 7th of May? Yep. It is uh, Siete de Mayo. And so here on the 7th of May, uh, we are talking about a variety of things that have happened. And uh, we have some comics news. We have some movie news. Uh, a little bit of arguing between uh, people at Marvel Studio this week. And uh, this what? was kind of interesting. And, uh, and the Japanese have a terrible accusation towards the Americanization of one of their icons. Wow. Uh, we're going to talk a little television. And, and uh, Rick has a, has a little game news. So I don't know if uh, Nate's going to throw in a little wrestling on us. But first, let's talk about comics. And I want to I talk about I've decided we always approach this wrong. When someone... Always? Well, we tend to be like, you know, oh, it's a sad passing... Not that any, the, pat, the loss of anyone is, a, is a happy thing, but when someone's had a long life and a long impact, but they've been gone from the industry, it's time to acknowledge them and, and celebrate right. uh, what they contributed. And so we, we had a couple of giants of uh, our childhoods pass away this week. First, Al Feldstein, who had been the uh, editor-in-chief of Mad Magazine, who really, really controlled or, or shaped what that magazine was through the 60s, after uh, Harvey Kurtzman left, it went from being a, a comic book uh, and escaped the Comics Code Authority by becoming a magazine. Uh, and Feldstein uh, really, really pushed the kind of the cynicism, if you will, the awareness of how we were being manipulated by advertising. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, really raised a generation, shaped a generation of American children's humor, now, I, except in the South, of course. I grew up in a pretty waspy environment. You probably can't tell that, but... Oh, I, no, I can't. I don't know about you. Did I, you there's a stinger up here. I had, That's I had, what's up here. I had here. one Jewish friend, Richard Kluckman. No, was, I had plenty. Okay, I didn't have that many. I learned most of my Jewish 
mannerisms and humor and because, stuff. From, because you have many Mad Jewish magazine. mannerisms. Mad, uh, mag, <laughs> Mad Magazine. No, no, just the, to appreciate, yeah. to Your understanding the of, of the joke. That and, is true. And Jewish names. That's true. That's true. You learn a lot from, uh, from Mad. From Mad. But, you know, I had really not realized this, that, you know, like Harvey Kurtzman, of course, like left and took a lot of his people like Will Elder and Wally Wood and so forth. But it's really Feldstein who shaped it by bringing in people like Mort Drucker, like Dave Berg, Don Martin, uh, Sergio Aragones, uh, Antonio Prohias. All good Jewish names. All the people, well, a couple of them are, but, you know, but, but I'm saying, yes. you're the one who made it Jewish. I, okay. I love, um, I love. I'm just, I love the tribe. I'm saying that he, my God, you are you are gonna get us killed. You don't have to fill in Lon Lopez's role so for so smoothly. I love the tribe. <laughs> yeah, shh, you're a wasp. Shh. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Get that stinger out of your. Anyway, uh, so that he recruited many of those people that really were what shaped it again. You know, in the mad movie parodies and and on the on the, the eve of. The Rosemary's Baby remake coming onto NBC. Right. All again, I can think of is Rosemary's Boo Boo, the movie parody exactly. from 1970. Exactly. I, I didn't see that movie until mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that, and I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. But so many movies. That Summer were, 42. Oh, yes, that was a good one. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell me that you love the me, Sam Wormy. Pipers. Yeah, you, you learn so much about adult. Adult behavior and Madison Avenue. Long before Mad oh, yeah. Men yeah, yeah. became a, a thing, um, it was the Mad Men was or who we really you know were looking to and were teaching us about what advertising was doing to us. So uh, I just want to raise a bottle of uh, what am I drinking now? The Johnny Appleseed Hard Apple Cider. Cider. And don't do it. Don't continue. You're you're wrong. There are people screaming at you now um, in Yiddish. Rick oh. Schmuckschneider. Mogan David? Yeah, no. Sh- Quiet, you shlemiel. So uh, that uh, we go to Al Feldstein. And also, a, a penciler, inker, I think also a letterer for some point from Marvel, big a keystone of the, uh, of the bullpen in the 60s, uh, was Dick Ayers. And uh, Dick Ayers was a, a guy who uh, did the original Ghost Rider in the 50s when it was a Western character yeah. uh, for Atlas. And uh, then came in. And was he really a phantom? I think he wasn't. He no, no, no. He was no. just a guy who he wore the mask. Wore a mask. Yeah, you know. They called him the Ghost Rider. So, that, and that was the guy, the cowboy hero. And then in the '60s, um, while not super comfortable, he was doing a lot of inking for uh, for Jack Kirby on Fantastic Four and Thor and so forth. Before that, I mean, well, not before. But where that, he really took off was taking over Sergeant Fury and his right, Howling Commandos, right. and that was the point I was going to make. Is is really shaped that book, which of course. Under Dick Ayer's penciling became popular enough that people were wondering what happened to Sergeant Fury today, and thus sparked, in a way, the creation of Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, right? Which then, of course, we know has you know sparked, which ran in parallel with the uh, with oh, yeah. the Sergeant Fury for a while too, which was interesting when they do. No, no, I have a question because my son asked me, did they ever tell us uh, actually do a Sergeant Fury story that explained how he lost the eye? Yes, directly. It's on the cover. It's on the cover of one of the issues. It says the story of the eye patch. And it, what happened was he was injured in, in battle. And he goes through most of, the, most of the issue with a patch over one eye. And they take it off at the end. And he's kind of healed up. But the doctor says, you will eventually lose your, the sight in this eye. Okay. And so through the rest of the series. So really the story to, of the eye patch was not all that. Uh, it's like the precursor. <laughs> to, it's like 
<laughs> how it's going to so, happen. Like the story of the Band-Aid. Well, he got a boo-boo. And eventually, no. It's one of those things that were in the in the corner of it. So there's a little circle with his face in it. And the, and the yeah, no, no. I, I can't remember. There was a there was a what if where they said that was the one of the things was you know the, the the loss of the eye had caused him to die in that continuity. And I think it was hmm. it may have been uh, maybe the what if number one the uh, the uh, Spider Man joining the Fantastic Four. Um, So anyway, yes, he passed away just days after his 90th birthday. Apparently he'd been battling Parkinson's. But instead of taking this as a time to say, uh, you know, again, sadness to say it's a time to actually acknowledge this guy who had been an architect uh, and a largely unsung one of the, uh, of the Marvel Universe. Speaking of a modern architect, let's turn to happier news, which is that uh, your favorite writer, Jonathan Hickman, is going to... Uh, is going to actually be contributing a variant cover. He's going to be drawing a cover of Fantastic Four Ooh. number five. And I just thought it was worth noting because I know we talk about Hickman all the time and what a great writer is. I have no idea what his artwork is. Oh, no, look his like. artwork, he, he did a, um, it was the, uh, the evening news or something news for Image. Nightly news. Nightly news. It was a six image. It's, it, won a, it won an Eisner. He was the artist on that? He was the artist on that as well as being the writer. I did not realize he I'm was pretty the artist. Sure, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, I'm it's, Googling it now. It's almost, yeah, we'll, go to, we'll go to Nate. It's almost like a Stranko photo, photorealistic but heavy shadows kind of thing. And it's, it's, you can tell it's Hickman's layout because there's a lot of like circles and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. The way he no, does. I remember when the Night of the News came out. Yeah. I, and it is image. I think you can get a trade paperback of it. Yeah. I remember Andy, when Andy owned Elusive, was telling me I had to get the Night of the News, but then he kept selling out before I could get it. So That's been years since I I've never, seen it. never bothered with it. So... Um, we'll wait for uh, Nate's uh, decision there on whether or not he was the artist. And uh, <clears throat> we'd say of note for next week, uh, before the X-Men comes out, the Supreme Court is deciding on May 15th, next week, whether or not to hear the Kirby versus Marvel case, uh, whether or not uh, the Kirby heirs have a, have a case in saying that, uh, that Marvel's going to owe them a lot of money or uh, needs to do, make a settlement with them. That Kirby has the right, uh, the Kirby estate has the right to these, these Marvel characters, which is going to really tick off the people running Stan Lee Media, who are not Stan Lee, uh, who claim that Stan oh. Lee had the rights and gave them the rights and are still in a, in a lawsuit over that. So um, that's going to be an interesting thing. We will be uh, covering that, I think, next week. We'll see what they, now when they say it's whether or not they're going to hear it, they have to decide next week whether or not it's going to get argued at some later date. So I don't think that it's going to affect the release of X-Men, Days of Future Past, or, well, certainly nothing to do with Guardians, no. Guardians of the Galaxy. No. But future Marvel movies, it could it could have an impact and could have an impact on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I think, did not Kirby start? Didn't he do the first few stories of Nick Fury? Oh, well, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. was originally done by Barry Windsor Smith. The first, no. Yes, the first couple issues were, were Barry no. Smith. no. The first, in Tales of Suspense? Oh, pardon me. In Tales of Suspense, no. That was uh, Kirby and, yes, and, and, and Steranko. Kirby and Lee writing. So. And then when, but I was thinking when the, when the, the, sing, the, the series, yeah. Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. You're right. There was, yeah. there was a precursor to that. So I'm saying if, it, if he started those, then he, you know, that could, those could be an impact. Um, you've also mentioned, because uh, you've done what I think was the first what became fanboy on Kickstarter 
the Denver. So the graphic novel and soundtrack has made it to it's made its goals and is being yeah the the produced. Digital, I got the digital copies that I had I had uh, funded um, I think late last week, and so I got around to reading it, and it was really really good. Uh, it's a graphic novel. Uh, it could have been published as single issues because there are definite chapters that have the same kind of pacing, but um, it's a science fiction story. Yeah. Had you read about it? Had you been, no, I read it when you wrote. I okay. read about it when you talked about it. So it's a, it's after a disaster where an asteroid hit the moon and part of the moon's surface slammed into Earth in small particles, but still broke up enough that it caused huge climate change. The oceans rise 5,000 feet. Okay. And so Denver is one of the few land masses above the water and is a city that is both struggling to balance itself for survival and maintaining its population to a point where it's not allowing anybody who, who swings by to just come and mm-hmm. join the party. Um, but in, in that background, you, there is a related almost noir cop story um, involving a lot of stand a lot of a lot of standard noirish elements, but uh, very adult. Uh, a lot of there's a fair amount of nudity in the book. Uh, it is an adult book, but well paced. Um, I won't fault it too much for I I kind of figured it out about a third of the way through what was really going on. Okay, um, but interesting, and it came with a soundtrack. Uh, I can't remember the name of the uh, the uh, composer well that's interesting but but, it, but, it, it, but it's a it's a fairly long soundtrack you could easily be listening to this all the way through reading the book and it, it, the guy's kind of like a hand zimmer uh stylist with a little bit of, just a touch of angelus in there uh, kind of a little reminiscent of blade runner but not quite not quite there so all right i recommend it you, you can you can uh it's not available yet on his website is paper films Right, right. Paperfilms.com. And uh, it's, but his other books are there, so I expect you'll be able to get it from Eventually. Well, I mean, yeah. it's just like when we talk with Frank Bedore that, you know, it's, uh, if you're going to kickstart, the people that do the Kickstarter should get the first to crack of these things. Plus, I'm not sure. I only went for the digital stuff, so that was a download, and I think he had it pretty much ready to go. And so, well, that's easier too. The printing, yeah. too, takes a little while, and I think the, the site will probably sell the printed books and. Which I look forward to. It does look really good. Jimmy, that's Jimmy Palmiotti. Yep. And Paper Films. And J- Justin Gray is the artist. Yeah. So um, this, uh, well, yeah, let's go here. Uh, that uh, Marvel announced this morning, put a request out to people. And I need to email in my, my choices, but I thought it would be good. But they're putting together uh, a 75th anniversary omnibus, 1,200 pages, uh, 1,200 pounds. Yeah. And <laughs> I know. Over the weekend, I was like, I, Luke and I were somewhere, and I was like, saying, "Oh, I wonder, you know, this." Well, listen, op- there was a late new one that just came out too, uh, another huge omnibus. Yeah, it's something I was I, I was hoisting, and like going, "Do I want this?" You know, and it was just again that omnibuses, you you, you need a, a very sturdy shelf, yes. especially in California. What if an earthquake comes and you know. Well, I'm crushed under my omnibuses. It's the way he would have wanted to go. Exactly, exactly. With a pizza in his too. hand. Yeah, I think so. So they want to gather. 
Now, I don't think it's necessarily 75 stories, but I, I put that in the headline because they did say that the, the top 75 will be released as a digital package, which is a much lighter, nice. light, much, much, a, a much lighter. lighter weight. Yeah, uh, you can carry that in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a flash drive, really. And uh, so uh, they're going to, whatever the top 75 they'll release, but to, to have the fans select, what are the crucial stories? And so I, I put out to Rick and Nate this morning, you know, what choice would you have? Because as, as I ran the piece, I thought, well, there's one that always comes to mind for me, yeah. which is the kid who collected Spider-Man, which I think is the best Spider-Man story written by uh, Roger Stern. I can't remember who the artist is, but I know, I was, I know Roger Stern was the writer. It was adapted a couple times into you know variations of it on the on the various animated series. Um, it's just a really it's a it's a powerful powerful story that I think sums up who which the Amazing Spider-Man movies have, have gathered like one of those really important things about who Spider-Man is as a, who Peter Parker is as a person. Right. So I would go with that the kid who collected Spider-Man right off the bat. But Nate. What would you be as uh, considered one of the seminal stories that should be included in an omnibus? Uh, I ended up thinking of newer stuff. Just and see, and I thought uh, you know, there's people like you that would do that, and not that's not cut, but they said that from the beginning, like you know, they're going from 1939 to Marvel now, and so I thought yeah. there are a lot of younger readers that are going to weigh heavily. But what would you put in the in the newer stuff that should be there? Planet Hulk was my first choice. Yeah, that's a that's a big chunk. That's a big chunk. Yeah. Could you take one story out of Planet Hulk that would make it? No, Planet Hulk is the story. <laughs> one issue. I, so I, so you mean you want one issue? Is what you're saying? Yeah, they were looking for single issues, and that's the problem because I would agree with you. I thought about Planet Hulk and I went, "That's you know." I even threw in the like, what about the Galactus trilogy? But that's three, and Planet Hulk is. Twelve, I think. Well, I, one of mine was, which is uh, great though. Was this, uh, this Ron of- Friends drew the kid who collects Spider-Man? Ron oh. Friends. Okay, great. Thank you. As, as our, you you can still find single issues inside those longer things. Because I chose from the Skull, Scroll pre-war, this beach at Earth, which was the Neil Adams. It's actually three stories in one issue, and it includes, and they're all like journey to the center of the android and. Um, they're all 50s science fiction implied names, but it's Neil Adams' artwork, and it's beautiful, and it sets up the 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 scroll uh, Kree invasion. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that would be a good one. I would I would also include. I think the first uh, the first Captain America story just have has to be there. You know. Um, you mean the Avengers? No, no. I mean the first back in the 1940. Back in the, yeah. You know the Jack Kirby, Joe Simon origin of Captain America, clean. Though rewritten by Ed, Ed Brubaker decades later, you know, uh, just a, a clean, straightforward. I would include uh, like that the origin of the Human Torch and the first Submariner story, just so people know these are the building blocks of Marvel yeah. and move forward with that. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily go to an All Winter Squad or a later Torch story or anything like that because they're bad, you know. But um, but I would I would go in there. There's another one you put out there. That I, th- um, I thought of immediately, the Fantastic Four one. Um, uh, this man, this, this monster. monster. And, then, and then the question I have with it is, that's one that I've seen reprinted all over the place. Is you know, do, do you, do you right. go for, do you go for stories that get reprinted a lot because they are such perfectly great summations of I what made do. that book? I think you right. have to. I mean, uh, the, I mean, I've got Captain America republished in a couple of different collections already. The the, the origin story. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the, the uh, one along the lines of in- introducing a new character, I went for reintroducing a new character. I went for Captain Marvel number 17, which is the one where the, the magazine been on a hiatus for a little while, and they yeah. brought it back, and that was when Rick... Rick Jones got the Nega bands. So when Captain Marvel became Shazam? Exactly. Yes. And because that story has to be told. Yeah. It was uh, Gil Kane artwork and Roy Thomas uh, scripting. Yeah. And that set, up, that set up so much that happened in the Marvel Universe, not only in the Captain Marvel storyline, but Avengers and Thanos came out of that, that run. Um, okay. Yeah. What else would you throw in there, Nate? Uh, the... Hickman Fantastic Four story where Franklin and Galactus are buddies, like Galactus is Franklin's herald. Okay. Yeah. I would throw in, and now that you say that, though, out of a few things, I would I would put in um, one uh, particular, uh, I can't remember which issue it was, of Franklin Richards, Son of a Genius. Oh, one of the, yeah, the Calvin and Hulk, when, when he teams up with the Hulk. Because Reed Richards is doing doing uh, he learned he and the Hulk uh, fight over candy and they learn a lesson about sharing. That, that is that is a great series because that's the one that's done in the style in of the Calvin style and Hobbes. Hobbes and so yeah, and but uh, he's got he's got Herbie as Hobbes. Right, normally, right, right. So. And so uh, I would throw that, I would throw things in that are off the beaten path. Yeah. I would throw in a, an issue of Howard the Duck. I you know maybe the one in the insane asylum that introduced Kiss, so that you could say you know wow. You know, because the thing, if you're doing an omnibus, are you talking about the history that Marvel made, or do you just want good stories? I think both. I mean, you, you know, can do it's, both. it's tough. It's tough. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Another one that I think will probably not make it, but for me, I went for Marvel Premiere number three, which was the new, the reintroduction of Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. With again Barry Windsor Smith artwork and Roy Thomas uh, scripting, and that was the series that brought in the Cthulhu Mythos. Mm-hmm. Into mm-hmm. the Doctor Strange storyline and brought in Silver Dagger and a bunch of other. I characters. had to uh, research all that uh, last summer, so I, I've got those in the Doctor Strange Essentials. Yeah, um, you know that that brings up another one, which is, uh, I was going to say. You know what you could do is just go through the origin of Marvel Comics and the Son of Origin, those trade paperback, those paperbacks that uh, that Stan Lee released in the early seventies. Yeah, and take some of those stories. Like you have to throw in, I think, the death of Gwen Stacy. You really do. Probably a, a, because that's a that that is a historic issue, but uh, take that Daredevil brother, take my hand. This really, this you've got this beautiful Gene Colan art. You've got uh, it's a it's a very clear standalone Daredevil story, and like and to to point out like in the '60s, what Marvel was doing that nobody else was doing, and tackling issues that later when you talk about Neil Adams. You know, I went over to DC, and yeah. he kind of pushed that. And by the way, I'll take this moment to say Neil Adams is going to be appearing locally at Big Wow. But not only that, he's going to be signing Thursday night, five to eight PM at Elusive Comics and Games. And uh, so that'll be uh, December, uh, December, <laughs> May, May, May fifteenth, Thursday, May fifteenth at Elusive from five to eight PM. Neil Adams will be there signing. And he's actually the first signing, which is impressive because this is the old guard thing. First signature is free. 
Oh, cool. Which you know, I mean, considering because the, they have to, they have to stop. I mean, you know, I've seen yeah. signings where people just bring in this, these huge stacks and stacks of books, right? And you know, and but when he's at Comic Con, he charges for his signature. I mean, so the first one is free, and then he charges after that's that. Nice. So that's nice. you know, and that. So I think he's been really cool about it. So I just want to throw that the props out there for that. If you're local to Santa Clara, California, and you you're looking at that night, that's it's a great opportunity to go out and meet. A legend, you know, an absolute, absolute legend in the business. Which you can meet a big wow, which we're going to be a big wow too, you know. So we'll be around. We'll be hanging around Lon's booth. I promise to make an appearance at Lon's booth at 2 p.m. I don't know what's going to happen, but. Form a line, Pope. Form a line. I will sign anything that I've written that's there. So uh, that'll be a thanks, but no thanks, and Beyond Forever Studios uh, at their booth. That's Jason and Lon. So. Um, let's do a quick um, What's in the bag Go ahead Go ahead Nate Theme song What's in the Bag Okay And I wanted to include Things from um, Free comic book day Which was last Saturday I've not had a chance To get down to the store For this For today But I did get Some, some of the free comics And can point out Some of the things That uh, really are I mean A lot of the canny, The cannier Publishers Are using this Either to Bring you on To old material Right. Or to get you excited about the brand new stuff coming, and so both DC and Marvel use that very well this this week. So I'll start with with Rick. Okay. So probably the first thing I wanted to talk about is actually three issues in, and and I haven't had a misstep yet. Moon Knight issue three. Um, we are exposed a little bit more to how insane Mark Spector is, and but at the same time, how insane the world is around him. Well, to be fair, yes. Um, because we get another version of Moon Knight in this, and we get conversations between the different Moon Knights in this issue as well. Intriguing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an incredible... What's nice about this book is it's a really fast read, but then you want to go back through and read it again just to, to kind of sop up the, anything you missed the first time through. So... Um, We've got a very, very Egyptian dead bird looking. No, that's what the, that is. I'm looking. I'm kind of cover. in twilight, which is yeah. appropriate. But I'm, you I, see, the eye is the eye is the moon. That's what I thought. Yes. And then uh, that's really disturbing cover. Take it away. It is. It is a very and it's a it's a um, you know moonlight is not it's not just crazy. There may be some magic actually involved in the storyline, which I've always thought Moon, moon Knight should have. I mean, look, yeah. if, if the if the Conchu part is real, then there's magic involved. There's just there is no. It either is or it isn't. So yeah. that's that's yeah. good. Nate, what about you? Uh, I will start with a free comic book day comic because I actually Excellent. read it, and that is the Tick. Ah, uh, yes. I did. There was a Tick free comic. There was a Tick free comic. Uh, there was a Tick free comic, and I a got tick one issue that was free. Okay. Yes. I love the Tick. I do too. And this was a good comic, and it was free. Thanks for that. Was it new? Was it new, or was it reprints? Or <laughs> it is new material. Um, is and they did the whole, like the last three years, they've had a Tick comic. So, like the whole introduction is about the previous uh, Tick comic. Actually, I guess they didn't do one in 2012, maybe. So, are they saying that they're going to be running a new series now? They don't say that, but isn't is the current series not still going? 
I, I haven't seen it on I the have show not, I have not seen a new issue of The Tick in quite some time. That's why I was just kind of impressed. I, did, I didn't know it was coming as a free comic. Huh. So, um, well. I don't know. Maybe this is a reprint. Uh, Arthur and The Tick basically are eating together, and then all of a sudden the whole city disappears, and they have to save it. It ends up in a bottle, similar to Candor. Okay. Yeah, and the, That's the right, cover has cover. a bunch of characters on the front that kind of look like the Fantastic Four. And you can see the Baxter building in there. Did you see that? Uh, in the comic itself? On the cover. Or on the cover. I don't know. Does it look like the Baxter building? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. And there's a stretchy guy in a red suit and stuff. Yeah, stretchy okay. red guy. All right. Well, I will go to a free comic book day as well, which was uh, Future's End. Ah, the, good. The preview mm-hmm. of that. Did you get a chance to read it? I haven't read it. Well, I I'm going to say, as I'm sitting there, a lot of this is what they did for the DC Comics, uh, the on- uh-huh. online game. That um, this is, you're seeing the, 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 the last hurrah of the free-thinking heroes. Hmm. Only instead of, in, in the game... It's Brainiac who has figured out how to conquer everybody and conquers Earth, uh, you know, in DC comic, in DC uh, uh, DC Universe Online, uh-huh. the the MMORPG. In, in here, it's Brother I, right? And the implication that was what we speculated. And right, and Terry McGinnis says, you know, you shouldn't have created it. And Terry McGinnis and the old and the aged Bruce Wayne are debating it. And as they are the last bastion, as all these other superheroes fall. And the, and the others, all the other heroes have turned into like these insect, insectoid versions, versions of themselves, of, yeah. uh, cyborgs. Then they send Terry back in time. And um, so it just really did, while well, it was, I guess, neat art, but there, and there's a couple of really disgusting moments. I mean, really. It's days of future past for DC. Um, but, but really far more disturbing. Okay. It, because, like, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, has done things with, you know, because he's still organic, but he's, he's betrayed. He's gone over to the side of Brother Eye. It's, it was just disturbing, and I wasn't sure I was going to let my son look at it, because it, it, it's oh, yeah. so hard to do. I mean, he's 10. And I know... I could tell that just from the preview. That, 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 that it was like... I, I just wasn't sure. So yeah. luckily he kind of... St- he glanced at it and went, yeah. But what it's leading into is that Terry's going to come back. And Terry comes back in time to try to stop whatever it was that was, that caused Brother Eye to be able to take over. And he misses by five years. So it's wow. already... It's already... Everything is five years with DC. I'm sick of it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's like... There is just this weird, you know, and, and so he's working. Future's End is going to be this weekly uh, comic book series that uh, that tells the story about what's happening five years in the future. Weekly for fifty-two weeks. Yes. Oh crap! Uh, is really? it fifty-two weeks or is it? I, I thought it was. Weekly. Were... There's going to be three weeklies. There's Batman Eternal, um, which I've been reading is really good. Yeah, uh, S- Superman: The Money Drain. <laughs> and uh, and now this future's end, and and I just I just get this feeling of I'll probably be buying it because it's interesting because I again you know it's like New Fifty Two I'm a zombie buyer, yeah you know is that their books because they're featuring characters that I love I want to see and I love Terry McGinnis I love Batman Beyond yeah but you, the thing is Terry McGinnis when they brought it they, they, he was brought out as a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And they brought his book out it was kind of kid friendly as well and now it's not and now it's and not. I just it yeah. just bothers the crap out of me 
It just really does. Yeah. Well, I, what I liked about the book yes. was that it basically confirmed that I don't need to buy <laughs> the weekly series. For free. Good for you. Because Yeah, because I, I was like, oh, great, another weekly thing. And I, hope, I hope I don't like this because I really don't want to spend. And you know what's great about those stories where they send somebody back in time to change history? Nothing that happens at it ever matters again. Right. Exactly, because you know what? Five years from now, it's going to be whatever, right. either the new old 52 or the old new 52. 52. Everything and that happened in Countdown doesn't matter anymore. And, they're introdu- and they are going to reintroduce a Booster Gold book. So save your money for Booster Gold because yeah. Dan Jurgens is back on it. Hopefully, Well, there you go. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. So next over, Rick. Ah, okay, so the next one I had is, uh, okay, kids, go, go get your parents and leave the room. Uh, Satellite Sam, oh. which I'm really enjoying. It's Matt Fraction and uh, Howard Chaykin. And it's Howard Chaykin doing the good girl stuff that he does. Well, it's kind of, they're really kind of bad girls in this a lot of the times. But what's what's noteworthy in this, it's, it's, it's continuing the kind of, uh, uh, some kind of funny, kind of uh, yeah, interesting yeah. storyline about this. Um, it started with a murder. <laughs> I think everyone's forgotten about the murder. Uh, in the first issue. I've noticed that no one seems to no care one anymore. No seems to care anymore. Um, but the uh, the intrigues that go on in a in a uh, in an early television uh, studio putting on a science fiction show where there's a lot of people having sex in the back room. But in the ba- and I, this book came to me bagged today. I said, "Why is this bagged?" And it's the only bag in my pull stack. And in the back, he had slipped in. There's the satellite Sam, Cadet Corey, the Captain's prerogative, Tijuana Bible. Which uh, I is is a, a giveaway with this. So, which for those who don't know, the Tijuana Bible, and it was mentioned in uh, Watchmen as well, is that in the 30s and 40s, and I guess into the 50s too, is just that they would take popular comic strips and and movie stars and do these little short eight-page porn, you know, very crude porn versions, and uh, they were called Tijuana Bibles. So, so little tiny black and white. And they usually made fun of characters that well, were as I said, in they were, comics. They were parodies of comics and, yeah. and movie stars. There were movie yeah, stars. Because yeah. in Watchmen, it turns out there's a Sally Jupiter Tijuana Bible, right. and she's very honored that, that existed. So that's a that's a cute little giveaway to go along with it, or it's a little bonus. It's very thematic with the rest of the Yeah, story absolutely, line. and you know, uh, that'll be interesting. So, uh, Nate? Nate, next one. Oh, let's see. I'll go with Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, good! I was one. glad you did that. I wasn't going to do You talked him I'm down. hoping one of you guys read it because I haven't had a chance to. I read read it. it. I was I just would. hoping oh, somebody was. Gonna, hey, it looks it looks great. It's a re- reboot of the uh, re- the series. Is a new issue one. Oh, okay. We, we all take it's a look. All new issue one. Yeah, continuation. They had the whole Galactus event, which didn't end the Ultimate Universe. It did what? It did not end the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then they did Ultimate Spider-Man 200, and now Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man number one. And I'm very excited to see where this goes because I really like this character, and I really like what they've done, or what Bendis has done. I don't know who they really is. <laughs> sure. I think he's a good character, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because Andrew Garfield has hinted that, you know, he feels he's going to age out of the Amazing Spider-Man. And it wouldn't be really cool if Miles took over uh, cinematically. It'd be really interesting to see that. So jump on board, people. Get yeah. a, get get onto it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Marvel side of the free comic book day. 
which is I did not read. There was a uh, for grown-ups. There were two. There was a Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And then there was a Rocket Raccoon solo book, yep. and so I read the Rocket Raccoon solo book, which did bring in, interestingly enough, while it still ties into kind of Guardians of the Galaxy continuity, did bring in the Half World stuff from the original Bill Mantlo miniseries, which, by the way, watching the trailer again, they do mention that that's it. Like you know, they have the the. Um, uh, wanted poster like the stats on on Rocket Raccoon when they're showing the showing the Nova Corps. Yeah. So Leela, his uh, his otter girlfriend, is is mentioned, and saying that he is from Half World. So they, the, you know, they're tying that directly in. The the data is still up there on the on the trailer. So interesting. But this was back to it was a little more cartoony. He was kind of the Han Soloish kind of rogue. Uh, that he really wasn't even in the original miniseries, yeah. but but definitely kind of moved him forward to the be oh he's a raccoon you know and he's this roguish raccoon, and it was fun, and it brought in a lot of the of the original miniseries continuity, but was an appropriate kids book with a lot of action and fun, and then in the back was an was a, I want to call how they say it, Marvel Ultimate Spider Man. So the animated, the book that's the tie-in to the animated right, series. Right, so right. they reprinted a story from there. Uh, so cool. That's kid so friendly. it was a very yeah. kid-friendly book, very savvy move by Marvel, and I say kudos because I walked I walked from that. I picked that up and went, okay, good. My son and I are going to enjoy Rocket Raccoon. I'll be buying Rocket Raccoon for him. He wasn't all that interested in reading the main Guardians of the Galaxy book, but he was interested. I, actually, he did read the Guardians of the Galaxy book. I did not. He took them all from me, and then he read them all before I got a chance to get to them. But I did mostly kids' books because I knew I was going to have my son. So um, anyway, I, I really love what Marvel did with it. I was not so keen on what DC had done on their side. Are you, read, are you reading Guardians? I'm way behind, but okay. I, I am buying it. Because the... I love what they've done with the latest issue, which is they've introduced... No, it was the originals from the 31st no, century. No, 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 no. They, the Avengers have sent Venom to be... Yes, well, the, the free comic book day has Venom on the cover. Okay. So he's yeah, doing that. Well, the free comic book day is like the issue before the issue that came out during right, the week. Right, It was a little bit of a jump. Okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, because Luke noticed that, and so it was Venom, and so we were talking about like the good Venom, which is good, because they, they do want to... Re, um, you know, they want to put Venom into something popular, right? Because whether they control it or not, Sony is going to make Venom into a film. Yeah. So you might as well get their version out there, front and center, and make it make it more clear. Yeah. So uh, what, that, what's cool is the symbiote, of course, comes from another planet. Yeah. So it makes sense. So he's uh, so uh, Flash is in the bar, and the bartender saying. Get him out of here. We don't serve his type. <laughs> we in don't here. serve their kind here. <laughs> <laughs> he's going. Wait, you know this? You know where he goes? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where can I find one? Yeah. So. Okay, interesting. Okay, so uh, next for you. Uh, the next for me, I'm actually, I'm actually inspired. I'm going to go with something I picked up last week at uh, Free Comic Book Day, and that was uh, Mouse Guard. Yeah, the Arkea hardback. Yeah, because it's not, and Arkea just does such a class act with everything they do. It's a hardback. It's not. It's the yeah. third or fourth year running that they've given away a hardback mouse guard sampler, and it's got a bunch of their other stuff in there too. 
So just really, really, and yeah, Mouse Guard I mean, is just such I mean, a I charming. Mean, wonderful I don't think you can call it, it, it Mouse Guard is the cover feature, but say it's not a, it's an Archaea sampler. Right, right. Mouse it doesn't Guard's say that. The, it kind of you kind of look yeah. at it. And go, it it's going to be all Mouse Guard, but it's it's it's. Uh, well, there was a cute solo story from um, Labyrinth. Yeah. Because they're releasing the novelization of Labyrinth, and they, but they did a nice little story about Ludo, and I was like, that ah, was cute. That was great. Yeah. And I love Mouse Guard. It's just always a nice little. Yeah. It's quiet. There's not a lot happening there, but it's like Redwall. Well, they they have they have they have epic battles with. Well, yeah, but I mean, it reminds me of Redwall. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those, those things. And so, if your kid loves Redwall, I oh mean, yeah. there it is. Is pick up Mouse Guard. You should be. Or use Mouse Guard to introduce them to Redwall. Something those are that. Yeah, either big way. Books. You're right. Either way. Yeah. Either way. Nate, what would be next for you? Is this the last one? Yes. Okay, then last for me. I will go with. A free comic that did not come out on Free Comic Book Day, but came out today. Yes. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Who Am I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I'm looking forward to that. Which, I guess it was digital, and then they put it in a book, but the book is free? It's oh. interesting, because the there are... There are two books this week, and I don't know which ones they came with, but as I was entering all my digital numbers... Every now and then when you enter, enter a digital number, it gives you a free book along with it. Oh, okay. And so one of them was a, a uh, Deadpool, and I forgot what, it, it's Deadpool Universal or something like that, uh, or Infinite, that's it. Um, and these are the books that they have, they have laid out specifically for playing back on uh, a yes. screen yeah. where they do some limited panel reveal animation. And it was really effective with Deadpool. In fact, they went in the middle. It goes to this whole kind of James Bond title sequence yeah. with Deadpool, with him singing a new lyrics to Goldfinger. <laughs> it's very funny. And I think there was another one. There was one a similar one for Spider Man, which was probably probably came with that book. Cool, cool. Then that's uh, look forward to. Um, the last one I got to pay tribute to is, uh, admittedly, a friend of mine, but it's a very quality book, Rob Worley's Scratch 9, which came from Hermes Press. Um, Who I met again Oh, at yeah, because he was two signing Earth 2. So, yeah, that's right. You met, you met uh, Rob at uh, Anaheim. And then, uh, yeah, great guy. And, uh, and definitely a, ser- a great kid's book. And so my emphasis, like I said, was all my free comic book day was pushing on kid's books because yeah. I just wanted my, you know, to uh, you know, make sure that my son was taken care of, and uh, well, when you go into a free comic book day crowd, that's kind of what I expect. Like parents with two or three kids in tow, and they're talking about, well, you're going to get these two, and they're going to get these two, and yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so and he share. picked up he picked up Scratch Nine, which is actually one of his favorite books, and the clever clever concept of the cat who's been experimented upon and then gains the ability to call forth any one of his nine lives. From whether it be from the very far past or the very far future, uh-huh. and so now it's being—it's it, setting up his new one called Cat of Nine Worlds, uh, which is that he will—it will get reversed that uh, he will go back into the time periods and have to fight his way back because there's a there's an evil scratch, scritch, skitch, skitch who's going to fight him. So great book uh, and definitely one. It's coming out at. Uh, the regular series starts on June 4th, so definitely, uh, and I have a review on Fanboy Planet of that as well. So, have we gone? That, that's it. That's all, that's all that's three it. of us. So, let's talk movies, shall that's we? That's what's in the bag. That's what's in the bag. Let's talk movies then. 
Um, because, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Let's see. Oh, so, you know, a few weeks ago we talked with this great business journal, did this great profile on Kevin Feige in which they credited him as, like, the man who built the Marvel Studios, blah, 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 blah. And uh, if you recall that, you know, we're saying, yeah, Feige's very brilliant. He's a very savvy guy. Well, Feige worked alongside Avi Arad for a while. And Avi Arad released a, did a big press release this week arguing that he's the man who built Marvel Studios, even though he's not there anymore. So I don't know who to believe. Uh, but uh, he was at least kind towards Kevin and said it was just it was the journalism of... Uh, Marvel, business journal, left out in the story. Yeah, yeah, that he. They said that he left Marvel Studios because he didn't really see see that the scope would go. He's now he's still been the producer on uh, credited as a producer on the Spider Man movies for Sony right. and the X Men movies. And here's my thing: is, is he like an executive producer? You know, he's a, he's a direct producer on direct uh, producer? on Spider Man. I don't know if he. I think he's an executive producer on X Men. But here's my, my problem is I, I would totally agree that Marvel Studios would not exist and Marvel would not have pulled out of their bankruptcy if not for the strong belief of Avi Arad. And I've read this many places where he believed that Marvel was like Disney, was going to be the Disney of the 21st century. And, you know, that quote was out there. So I know that, you know, and he was right. Disney bought him, right? But the thing is, <coughs> the movies that he produced, we overall have been far less satisfied by than the movies that Kevin Feige has produced. So he did Hulk. He did the first Hulk. He still, I think, did uh, worked on Incredible Hulk. And then he, so he was kind of, he was there still for Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. And, yeah. but, I, I, you know, so I don't know. I, but it, but it's, there's always two sides to a story. And that's out there, and and we may know later, but uh, you can't fault him if he feels if he feels like he was like they were rewriting history a little too much. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Okay. I, no, I don't fault him. I'm just saying, yeah. and then he you know, cast out on you know the X Men Spider Man crossover. The people were you know because now Rick and I went to see Amazing Spider Man two last week, and they didn't show us the X Men footage. In the I haven't seen it yet, so There's I'm going to walk away. In the, in the end credits, can in the ruin end credits? Oh. in the end credits. So don't, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's not a spoiler, Nate. It's just a. This that is, is a spoiler. No, in the end credits. <laughs> yes, that's a spoiler. You know that something's going to happen in the end credits. I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything about the movie. I'm saying that they made this deal because we walked out saying the rhino scene was the end credits scene. What about no spoilers? Did you not uh, just hear him say? I didn't say what happened. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> everyone's seen the uh, okay. The commercial. Well, that's true. You actually have. You've seen the commercial, but in the in the in the tra- in the end credits, they didn't show us on Wednesday night. But I went back with Luke on Sunday morning because we went to a special press and, and, a press screening, right? So yeah. and and sometimes they've done this, like when yeah. Iron Man. When I saw Iron Man in San Francisco for a press screening, they did not have the Nick Fury scene at the end, right? They leave that out. So in the middle of those credits, it suddenly goes, <laughs> snow goes. The uh, door of the of the Xavier Academy shows up, and it opens up, and there's a scene, which is silly because it's so out of context and devoid of any context. Yeah, uh, from Days of Future Past, and it was because later, I you know I looked this up is because. Uh, f- Fox had had Mark Webb under contract to direct a film. Sony wanted Spider-Man 2, and they wanted him to direct it. 
So they so, so Fox they said, Fox put a commercial in your movie. Yeah, Fox agreed to let Mark Webb direct Amazing Spider-Man two, and delay their contractual movie if they would let them advertise X Men Days of Future Past. You know? Wow. So I think that was smart. I think that was you know that, that was fine. Smart, but it's kind of like it cheapens the kind of like surprise element. It was like surprise Coca Cola. But it yeah. was weird. It, it was weird, and, and like I said, it, it, there was no. Like Luke was asking me afterwards, like, <laughs> why like, did they do that? Like, why did they do? Yeah, not only the, not only the <laughs> legalese, but what was that scene about? Yeah, like, Daddy, who was, what did that mean? That's not the way he talks. Why was Spider-Man not in that? It's movie? Robot Luke. <laughs> Robo Luke. <laughs> anyway, you know, so it was it was somewhat confusing, but anyway, uh, so there's not going to be a Spider-Man X-Men crossover. There's not going to be a Spider-Man. Avengers crossover anytime you know, and then that came up on your uh, when we po- you posted the the movie chart again, and someone asked that. I realize now the thing is, as much as it would be fun as fan service to us to see Spider Man in an Avengers movie, or vice versa, yeah, the money that they would it wouldn't add any likely money to it, and the studios would not want to. Mean s- it wouldn't add a draw, yeah, for those movies. I you know, look, Avengers made over a billion dollars, yeah. So Avengers Age of Ultron, probably going to come close to that. Why should they spend millions of dollars striking a deal with Sony to get Spider-Man in there for a moment when it's not going to add anything? Because it will make $2 billion. It will not make $2 billion just because Spider-Man's in there. It will make dozens and dozens of Of, fanboys squee. Yeah, well, and then think of all the theaters that have to reupholster after we squeed everywhere. You know, I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay, thanks. Uh, I don't know if there's any spoiler news. I think news. he just squeed. I think he did. I think he did. Oh, he is gone, so we can say this. There was a deleted post credit scene one from that, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay. One that none, no one has seen. No one has seen, but, but, footage, but, a, a, but, a, but footage did get released online. <laughs> Talk about that. You may take that into the outtakes. I totally understand if you do, but it's an interesting, interesting thing. I want to talk about the Japanese complaint towards America. In <laughs> only one. In a week and a half. In a week and a half. Oh, the important one. In a week and a half, Godzilla, the American remake of the American remake. Yes. Will be opening all across this country, and a big Wild Comics Fest. There's a special package where you can actually buy a ticket to go see Godzilla accompanied by the man who was Godzilla in Japan, who wore the suit. So man, the man in suit is one of the guests of Big Wow. That's one of my life dreams. And, and, they, are, and, they, and they have bought out a movie, probably Camera 12, probably. and you can go and watch a screening of Godzilla with Godzilla. And frankly, it's pretty cool. Um, it is. I'm not going to do it, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. But the Japanese are upset that uh, do you, have you heard about this complaint? Yes, I have. That the American Godzilla, like Americans themselves, chubby, are too fat. Chubby, too fat. Chubby he's, Godzilla. He's Joe so Godzilla. Cute. He's Joe Godzilla. It's tickle Godzilla. He's Joezilla. So uh, yeah, it's well, you know, come on, it, it's. It's all that fried food. It, it really is. You know, Godzilla got a six-pack. Godzilla goes to Atlanta, has a Coke, uh, has a couple of deep-fried Oreos and oh, yeah. a deep-fried office building. One of those uh, peanut butter and banana, I know, 
uh, peanut butter and fried sandwiches. I, I fail to see the accusation you're making there. I, what's the implication? I'm not inferring anything. He's the king. He's the king. <laughs> Are you saying that you saw Godzilla? No, I'm not. I, I'm no. uh, the Godzilla screening is I think Monday. So I may. Well, we're just saying that Godzilla, the Japanese uh, are very upset that our Godzilla is fatter than he was. He was a lean, mean, green machine. I'm sure he was. In, uh, in Tokyo. But that's because he was a lot of seafood. And now he's eating America, and he's fat. So that really is a complaint. There are people criticizing. that. And I looked. I saw a picture. My God, he's let himself go. There's like it's like a triple chin. Well, it's, it's hard to, with those tiny little arms. It's hard to bench press. No, it's true. It, Godzilla looks like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> he's just walking. Like, uh, That's exactly what I I've seen those scenes. I went to Peter Griffin. <laughs> it's like, let like them, let the them soldiers, fight. The soldiers <laughs> para- parachuting under the back of Peter Griffin. <laughs> and Brian Cranston, they're going, "My God, Peter." Okay, uh, and he's so, Mothra. He, Oh no! But there is a uh, there is a Rodan. I saw a trailer that has a has Rodan. Rodan, yeah. Uh, But Brian, uh, what's his name? I don't know. But let Nate make his point. That's who I did. Stewie, yes, it was Stewie. Stewie. I was going to say that I saw a movie that hasn't come out yet. Oh, what did you see? I saw a screening of Neighbors. Oh, did you? Film. I missed that screening, so you get to write the review. Excellent. Oh, that's the one about the people who move into the frat neighborhood. Yeah, Seth Rogen yeah. versus Zach Efron. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was funny. I'll give it that. I like the way you had to search for that word. I know it. it <laughs> it's Nate and his passion that really makes it work for me. Go ahead. Yes. Um. It was definitely adult humor. Well, I mean, obviously I it's a rated it. R movie. Yeah, yeah. It was. It actually, it was pretty funny because it was Seth Rogen and his wife, and they just had a baby, so it's kind of like they're in my age group. Uh huh. And then they have. Are you telling us that you're going to have a baby? No. Okay. I'm saying they're in my age group. Okay. Just checking. And well, they move. Put a little in. pressure on. To this nice house, and then a frat moves in next to them, which are guys that are in my former age group. <laughs> and, uh, so it's all about you. It's exactly. The it was kind of funny. Is the ascent of Nate? So it's <laughs> Nate. It's Nate's super ego is battling it out. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yes. Well, what's really funny about it is even when I was the younger guy's age, I would have been like, "Hey, shut the hell up! I'm trying to go to sleep." Yes. Yeah, during you would, the, you every be. single party they had. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. So you enjoyed the film? Yeah, it was funny. I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but it was a funny film. All would right. you recommend going to see it at full price or waiting for DVD? I would say go to a matinee or wait for it to come out, and you can rent it. DVD, Netflix, <laughs> Redbox, streaming. Well, Redbox. No, no, there's three things: theater. Buy the disc or watch it streaming. Three levels of uh, commitment. Yeah. Redbox is now streaming, too. So you, I, I, that yeah. showed up on my PlayStation. So, um, and here's another movie that we're going we're gonna to wrestle about. is Lionsgate announced that they've got a whole new franchise. It's not Man-Thing. They've got a whole new superhero franchise. No, it's, it's not a new one. They're reviving a superhero franchise for film. And they're going to, and they're going to make a series of films. Ready? I'm ready. Do you know which one it is, Nate? Who did this? Lionsgate. Lionsgate. 
Power Rangers. Yes, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers coming to a, you know, a special. They're going to be grim, gritty, adult. Pink Ranger might be someone sexy. I don't know. And uh, they're going to make a series of films. Saban has announced that they have an intention to be a distribution company of six to eight. Saban's the toy company yeah. that owns, that started the Power Rangers TV series. So I guess we're going to get uh, Cayman Rider and, uh, or what, what do they call it in America? Was that Mast Rider was the one that... Uh, it wasn't Cayman Rider. It was... But Cayman um, Rider was the original Japanese yeah, series. Yeah. So I think they called it Mast Rider. Yeah. Um, you know what I say to this? What do you say? I say the nay. <laughs> Thank you, Thor. <laughs> do you remember in, the... the uh, in my <laughs> recollection... Power Rangers was the ruination of animated television. It wasn't animated. It was live action. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the time that Power Rangers came on, Uh, that era, everything after Power Rangers that was a cartoon was horrific. There was no more good-looking animation. It was all cheap. And then there were uh, all the rip-offs. I remember the tattooed, teenage tattooed... Something fighters of Beverly Hills or something. Uh, right. Yeah. So, All I know is if this causes the ruination of film, I will be very disappointed. Yeah. But, this is what's going to cause the ruination but of film. That that original uh, bunch of Power Rangers before they rebooted into the second one. They've done the many, many, many in Japan. Yeah. Uh, the one that had the, uh, the the Pink Ranger that everyone remembers. But there was a well, because she's the only actress that went on to anything else. She was in Felicity. Yeah, but the the one one character who was a bad guy and turned into a good by the way, guy, Amy Jo Johnson. Amy Jo Johnson. Right. Tommy, the Black Ranger, uh, right. became the Tommy. Green Ranger, became the White Ranger. Right, and he is now a mixed martial arts. Uh, yes. Uh, fighter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So some have gone on to other things. Yes. And he was on Toy Hunter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so. Anyway, so his life is full. We yes, <laughs> we shall we shall move on to television. And I just want to say what had been released this week is of course Son of Batman, the latest DC Universe animated project, yep. which is the first of the Batman in continu- the new continuities, which are tied into Justice League. So we've talked about Justice League War before, and the same actor playing it, Jason O'Mara, uh, will be playing is uh, voicing Bruce Wayne in Son of Batman, bringing Damien into this new animated continuity. They change a lot. They change a lot because it's free of stuff. I saw it. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of the best of the movies. I, I like the whole package. I love the, the ancillary stuff they threw in there, too. It's great. Yeah. Because they, um, they throw in a episode of uh, Batman Beyond, where, which reintroduces Talia. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I haven't I watched the ancillary package so much. I watched... At Anaheim at WonderCon, I went and oh, watched okay. the premiere there because it had been so long. Like, I'd watched a couple of episodes of, of the animated series just like back at Comic-Con when I first went right. to Comic-Con. Right. I wanted to see what was it like to sit in there with, a, you know, Without a thousand other people watching this movie together and experiencing these things together. And it was it was great. Yeah. You know, it was just... I can imagine. I, I loved everything about... They're doing such a good job with these, these animated ones. It's really kind of sad they're not doing any better in the live-action ones. Different group of people, yeah, absolutely different group of people. But it's the same characters and it's the same. I, I know, but, but 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 it's different. It's different people with the decision making power. You know, yeah. James Tucker, who is the overall has succeeded Bruce Tim in in the executive producer capacity. 
he's been working his way up there. You know, he's been working from way back beyond. He did Brave and the Bold, fantastic series. Yeah. Someone challenged him on that at WonderCon and said, like, you know, why are you sticking with Batman? And he's like, what are these characters? He's like, did you see Brave and the Bold? I got everybody in there. You know, yeah. it isn't always just Batman. But the reality is for the larger audience, when they're selling these things at Target, Batman's what people buy. Wonder Woman, which I think is still one of the best of them, tanked. The Green Lantern movies tanked. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just like if it's not Batman or Justice League, nobody buys them. So they're taking the risk, which is why the next one's going to be Assault on Arkham based on the game. That looks really And really Kevin good. Conroy will be back to voice Batman. But for the, but for the most part, it's going to be Jason O'Mara again, who in Justice League War sounded a lot like Liam Neeson to me. Yeah. But he finally found his voice in, in Son of Batman. And it just captured everything I liked about, about Damien while also, you know, acknowledging there's a struggle that, you know, the, the, for a while we got away from, that he was raised to be a psychopath. And that's his, his crucial central conflict is, he's gotta, is he going to choose to be a psychopath or is he going to choose his father's way? And they played the psychopath angle down a little more. He's not quite as bloodthirsty as he was in the comics. But yeah, he definitely thinks that sometimes you just got to go for the. You, final you just got to go for it. And I love the way they handled the Nightwing, Damian <laughs> that fight. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. So, but the um, the casting in that is amazing. I mean, you you mentioned uh, before the Marina uh, Marina Baccarin as, as Talia as Talia, but uh, Alfred, David McCallum. Wow, that's that inspired. Ilya Karyaki. And he was so good. Yeah, he was. It was one it was a, which reminds me then, you know, of the torch has passed because the previous Alfred, the previous best Alfred, uh, passed away last weekend. Uh, Ephraim Zimblis Jr., also yeah. in his nineties. And and nobody mentioned it. I looked at a couple of different uh, obituaries and none nobody of them mentioned his role Alfred. as Alfred. Well, I mean, you know, and he yeah. played Alfred for like well over a decade in a, one animated project or another. Right. And I don't think he was even originally cast on the animated series. I think it was somebody else was Alfred originally, and then he stepped in after, like, episode two or three. That's one of those things where you kind of worry that the, whoever wrote that article said, well, I'm not going to mention this, because it kind of diminishes him as an actor. But it doesn't. It doesn't, no. But that's the way some I know, people but, but, you know, Still. I mean, well, and that's the thing is, like, you know, when Kevin Conroy passes, which is many years down the road, because he's still a reasonably young man. He's, like, you know, in his 50s. Yeah. Kevin Conroy, who has not achieved live-action success, but what an incredible... I mean, to a generation of people, that he voice. is Batman. Yeah. That voice is Batman, you know. Yeah. So Jason O'Mara was very you know, self-effacing when someone said at, at WonderCon, you know, uh, I, think I went, you know, Kevin who? And he said, he just stepped forward and said, no, you know, those are awfully big boots to fill. I'm not there yet. But thank you for th- saying you like my performance because Kevin Conroy is who we all look to. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, well, what a great, op- you know, the guy took a humble moment. But, you know, to go back to Ephraim Zemblis Jr., who was in the FBI, was in all kinds of different series. I mean, you know, just a fun actor. Uh, I think he'd even appeared in Remington Steel as Stephanie Zimblis' uh, father. I think you're right. Oh, no, I think he played, P- I think he played, uh, I think he was, I think he played Remington Steel's father. So they let him, you know, cross over and be, yeah. but just a fun character actor, leading man. He was in '77 Sunset Strip, uh, you know, kind of a '60s TV macho guy, and then into you know great character work in his later years. And so, you know, a celebration of another actor who gave us so much and to a generation that was Alfred, redefined the dryness in a way that uh, Alfred, uh, that Charles Napier, uh, not Charles Napier, uh, Alan Napier on this Batman '66 
just wasn't dry, you know. Right. Alfred was funny, but he wasn't the complete mm, that <laughs> that right. Ephraim right, right, Jr. Right. made him. So, you know, an acknowledgement of a giant there. And uh, I still didn't watch last night's episode, but my God, last week's episode, holy mother of God, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you could put it on a cardboard backdrop now. I don't care about lack of budget you, you because what pro- is happening is so cool. You have to prioritize your time better next week. <laughs> when, we, when we talk next, it's not going to be acceptable for us not to be talking about the final episode. Because right now I can't talk about what happened. On, we can't talk about what happened on I'm being this shut- week's episode. I'm so sorry that I earned a living today. <laughs> you, you, I mean, what are you thinking? You have an office with the door that closes. Seriously, you have a lunch break. I was barely in there. No, I was not really given a lunch <laughs> break today. Thanks. Um, yeah, so odd. Uh, but Just so amazing. What a great show. What time and, did you go to bed last night? Well, I didn't record it, and I don't know what time Hulu puts it up. I tried. Uh. I tried. So I was going to like, I'll stay up past midnight, and it'll show up on the Hulu feed. I couldn't do it. I yeah. couldn't do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I mean, I'll watch it tonight, and I'll enjoy it. On my huge TV. Well, I mentioned this to you before, and this isn't a spoiler because we've missed this for weeks. And that is the uh, the John Garrett character. Yeah, is actually he is a character from Marvel Comics. Yeah, and he is a character who, in the comics, eventually became. That would be, by the way, for those not fo- not following closely, that's the character played by Bill Paxton, who who was Ward's uh, mentor and, yeah. and, and handler, and, I guess. Yeah. So. But he actually shows up for the first time in um, in Frank Miller and uh, Sowickowitz, Bill Sowickowitz, Sowickowitz, Sinkevich, Sinkevich. I'm going to change the pronunciation from Sienkiewicz. Yes, uh, Electro Assassin. Sinkevich is actually what I think. But it is, later but on, he gets a full cyborg body. Yeah. So that so. That's been out there all this time, and we never picked up on the fact that he, uh, like, like, he is a like Victoria lock. Hand, w- was a character we, we knew already. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, he's the Deathlock. He's basically the Deathlock uh, beta. Yeah. He's like I, the original and, and I, You know, and, and I'll admit, you know, Electra's never been a character that's done that much for me, so I've ne- I, I didn't read Electra Assassin. It was I a read. crazy drawn book. It no, was, I, 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 you know, I know it stands very strongly to people. I, yeah. I was just not that into it. Uh, another thing that unfortunately I was not that into was uh, Showtime launches next Sunday a cool gothic, uh, what looked like a cool gothic series called Penny Dreadful by uh, John Logan, created by the writer John Logan, um, which is really kind of the League of Extraordinary Monsters, so a darker version of what Alan Moore has done where there are characters that are interacting with uh, with. Uh, Dorian Gray with Victor Frankenstein moved forward in time a couple hundred years. Uh, Henry Jekyll. Um, there's a Wild West uh, stunt show character who's played by Josh Hartnett, who's actually probably one of the best things I've ever seen Josh Hartnett be. He was like very friendly and funny and like, oh, really nice job. But and Timothy Dalton's in it. Eva Green. Really? It's it's people that are great. Wow. And I just could not find it compelling. I found it rather slow and dark. And by dark, I mean you're just poorly lit. And of course, as you were telling me, my plasmas, my blacks are richer. Yes, and are. so it's you know my it's it's just darker. It's just, you know so it was uh, the first episode is streaming free on Hulu Plus. At, well, not free because it's Hulu Plus, 
but it's it just really didn't hold my attention, and I'm very I was kind of disappointed. Now, is that supposed to be an on running seri- ongoing series or a it's not? It's a mini series. It's a mini series. Okay, so they've got uh, our, or, our, or I shouldn't call it a mini series. It's a series in, in terms of a Showtime series. It'll probably be 13 episodes and another season, and okay. so it's, it's meant to be an ongoing. I just don't know that I will. I will probably give it another chance, but because it's Showtime, I don't subscribe. I probably I, I'm not I'm not, wait, in wait I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. Show up on Netflix. Not like you not like Game of Thrones where yeah. I'm like, oh, please, you know, I'm be, I'm too behind two weeks on Game of Thrones. It's driving me crazy. It's getting really good. Because I getting it was you know, and so oh no, this whole season has been it, it's been what yeah. a great show, what a great show. Um, and then you've got a mention of a game, Marvel Dice Masters. So, yes. which I have seen. You says. Your note here is the best Marvel game in quite a while that you can't buy. You have probably seen the booster packs in a tall box. Yes. It's like a gravity feed box. Now, this is from WizKids Games, makers of HeroClix. Yes. And other versions of gaming addiction. Um, so you're telling me I've seen a booster pack. I can't actually play the game. Yeah. Basically, it's a, it's a, there have been some dice, collectible dice games that have gone along the same lines as um, the drafting uh, constructed. Uh, Almost like z- zombie dice. Is it similar? no zombie dice is zombie dice is just a it's a shake and roll game. That's okay. it's, it's a pretty pe- zombie dice is a pretty weak game actually. But I've never played some it. Some people like it. I don't know some people like Munchkin too. So I don't understand them. Not I like Munchkin. Yeah, I don't understand you. Um, the you're lucky you control the technology. The idea that. Um, you've had these games where, that are deck building games where you draft yes. cards into your hand. Your 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 deck gets bigger and bigger with cards you've decided you're going to pull during the course of the game that you use as currency and as combat. Which I want to follow up. You know, you, we talked a few weeks ago about the DC ones, right? DC and Marvel both a, have a ton of booster packs of, uh, of, of expansions have come out. Yes, since, they have since we talked about it. You know. So just to know that, and I do like those. I you know I've done Dominion. That's we a should deck building we game. should spend a Sunday or something playing through a couple of these. I, I could easily do that. the The problem with the, the the deck building games is you you end up having to shuffle the cards a lot, which wears the cards down a lot, and so you end up you end up kind of destroying the game cards at the end of the game. We destroy what we love. So what they've come out with are these these dice drafting games. There's the first one I think was called Couriers. And there have been a number of Courier's expansions. And Courier's actually the core mechanic was used for the Lord of the Rings dice building game. Okay. And when, in which when you draft a die and it goes into your dice bag and you shake it up and you pull the dice out. Ah. So you don't actually have to shuffle the, the, the dice, of course. Yeah. So the, the game comes in a starter set which has a number of characters in it and a base set of dice that are not collectible but they're just they're mechanical dice that are I think it's mostly the sidekick dice and a couple of others the booster packs are all your in each booster pack you get two dice and two cards for the characters that go along with those dice and they're randomized so you can buy the booster packs right now but without a starter set you cannot play this game WizKids underestimated how popular. Basically, this this game sold out in the first. The, the starter decks just disappeared in the first week it was out. Nobody, it, the buzz didn't come fast enough for me to me to get in there and get one. The board game geek, yeah, rating system is from one to ten. Rarely do you get a game over eight point five. That's like the top echelon okay. games. This is running at an eight point three four. Wow. 
So it's a really, really solid game because that's a lot of people voting on the, who everyone, everyone who got the game likes, voting the on, likes it a lot. Yeah. So and the and the, the booster deck you for for a dollar fifty you get two more two more cards and two dice, which is a it's a really pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the starter decks are supposed to, the starter special starter sets are supposed to cost about fifteen dollars. Okay. But you can't get them. They're going for like sixty, eighty dollars on eBay. So, supposedly, WizKids is going to reprint. The anticipated date is either June or July that will be available again. All right, we can hope. And so, uh, I can't wait to play it. it I've, you, can, you can go online. You can learn how to play it. They've got videos. You can see all the cards and stuff. You just can't play it. I, yeah, i got to have the tactility. i got to be playing it to learn it. I've, yeah. tried, I've tried learning things from video, but if I don't have it in front of me, yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's... it's I often just sit there with the p- components and the video and kind of walk through it, and then I read the rules. So once right. I'm grounded. Well, we'll look forward to the reprint yeah. and see what happens. Okay, I'll, great. Yeah, I'll review it as soon as it comes out. Well, if uh, you've got questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, uh, things you'd like to hear us talk about, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, you can subscribe, you can tell your friends, you can rate us, please, by all means. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. Uh, or listening to us on www.fanboyplanet.com. I think we're doing a nifty job of setting up pages for uh, the site as well, uh, and we we look forward uh, to your your feedback there. Uh, anything you hear uh, that you want to purchase, if except for this this uh, dice game, uh, you know you can uh, look for on Amazon links that are helpfully provided. Uh, although if you have a local retailer, a small you know a local comic book store, please look there first. I really want to keep people in business. I, I definitely uh, I have links to several stores on the site that have been kind to us, that have been great. In particular, I want to say, by the way, Comic Bug, if you're in Manhattan Beach, please give them your business. They had a break-in a couple of weeks ago, and it really ticks me off, you know, because you talk about a guy who is just such a part of the community, Mike Wellman, who is a comic book creator and a comic book store owner, and to have come in a couple of weeks ago and see on Facebook, like, we're thinking, well, now my day's crap, you know, of somebody just shattered the front door, stole about a uh, hundred and, uh, you know, maybe like $15,000 worth of old comics. Wow. And, you know, it's just, come on, support these small businesses and don't break in, you know. And, but if you're in the Manhattan Beach area, stop by, give them give some money, you know, uh, get some of his stuff. Uh, but, but, you know, he's a great retailer. And I love Mike. He's a fantastic guy, very friendly. And, and knows a crap, crap ton. And, the, and Richard Starking shops there. Rafael Navarro shops there. So anyway, back to us. So you can get on the Amazon link. You can also, if you'd like to kick in a little bit for the hosting and you're enjoying the podcast, you want to give a little back, go on to the PayPal link that's there and you can donate a little to cover our hosting. And so uh, we are so grateful for everybody here. And once again, Seven Stars Bar and Grill for letting us come here and enjoy a linguisa corn dog and a little alcohol and have a conversation about nerdery in the shadow of Jabba the Hutt. So we thank you. I'm Derek McCaw, editor and, and also, if you're a fan of the Star Wars uh, oh, yeah, the model, I mention model this. fighting game. I don't know our, what Drew's schedule friend, is with that. Our friend Drew Campbell is over there right now, and he and two other guys are playing it. He wants to make this a regular thing. So, yeah. So drop by on Wednesday. I think he's going to try and do it on Wednesday nights. Call 
call seven stars and see if they're going to have the guy demoing the Star Wars game. Just call yeah. them and make that re- Yeah, I don't know if it request. has it on their online calendar or not, but we'll see. Yeah. Because we're not always on the online calendar those are, either. Those are beautiful miniatures. Even just to come by and take a look at what he's got there. He's or bitter. Run, he's bitter about having this new game. addiction. But yeah. at least help him out. He's bitter, but he's <laughs> loving it too. Make him justify the addiction. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get him back on on the podcast occasionally because uh, fascinating. And by the way, of course, he's also one of the founders of uh, Star Wars Episode Seven Spoilers. The yes. Twitter feed, which we, we ran some of the best of this week. SW7 Spoilers. SW7 Spoilers. I yes. was going to plug that. Pretty funny. I'm Derek Bacaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Hi, this is Todd Lucas. And BJ Fairchild of Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your power. Only for good! Now it's going swimmingly. I hear a lot of static. Yeah, I'm going to try and figure out if that's you. Hang on. Okay. That's... Okay. How's that sound? Now I don't hear any static. Yeah, that was... I had your gain all the way up. Oh, there we go. But now not so much. Yep. All righty. <laughs> so... I'm reading a uh, letter on the interwebs that a little kid wrote, a little girl, Mom, Charlie put my Barbie in his butthole and got poop in her hair. If he does not get in trouble, I will poop on his hamster. Is that real? (laughs) Is that the same Charlie as Charlie goes to the dentist? Because if it is, the kid's just got a drug problem. That was David. That was David? Charlie was. Oh, Charlie, Charlie bit, bit my finger. That's Charlie right. yeah. bit my finger. Yes. <laughs> again, we're not medicating our youth right. No, and again, this this guy, you know, goes back to our earlier conversation here. In your day, In my day we medicated our youth correctly with a stick. We medicated them with a reefer. With a little of the, you know, it's funny because hang out here. So we had this thing on drunk driving today. And some, How to? As someone asked a question, well, or, or rather, of, uh, of just teen driving and the dangers of driving while distracted, how easily the distractions are, they took questions. And one of them said, like, can you get a DUI for a vape pen? And they went, well, I assume <laughs> that means marijuana. And I, I mean, because I hang out here, I was like, no. <laughs> it could just be like, you know, just e-cigarette kind of, yeah. Right. I found myself defending something that I don't even, I'm not even in favor of, but, you know, it's just because they're law-abiding citizens here. Well, vape, they're just vaping. Well, if, it just I mean, if you're going to ask the question, you're obviously doing something illegal. Well, no, because they really don't know. You know, I don't know if, if nicotine, if, if e-cigarette. <laughs> Nate, 
Nate, Nate Costa for Congress, folks. That's <laughs> if he's, yeah, wow, we got a hardcore Republican. Well, obviously, if you're asking a question, you must be doing something illegal. Why? Else Do you, you have ask. a vape pen? Well, it's like, well, are there drugs in the vape pen? Because mm-hmm. if not, no. If so, yes. But a lot of them don't know what are drugs and what are not. They really. Well, that's kids. ridiculous. Aren't these kids in high school? Yeah, but it's a different time than when you were in high school. Yeah, where's their education? They don't know. Um, you were at Bellarmine, dude, and you know, it was when they, you know, let them out of. I'm not going to make any. We're we're being broadcast. I'm not going to say anything. Gas versions on Bellarmine, but there could be some Bellarmine kids out there at the they bar. They could be right now, and they'll and they'll come and beat me up. They'll, they'll say, no, 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 the guy online, he's he's from Bellarmine. Yeah, yeah, but he's not talking right now because he wants to just you know, sit back and let the punishment come. What are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. Thanks. I heard T.A. is retiring this year. I saw that. Is he actually retiring or just retiring from directing? I don't know. I think he's retiring, retiring. I think he's old. Uh, yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah. He's been teaching there for like 40-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. There's a 40 of the some oddest. All right, so I think... So we're ready to go. You're going to run down what we're going to talk for, Nate? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Um, I emailed you the crucial thing, which is, you, which is you have a top 70, you know, a top story to go with the 75th Omnibus for Marvel. Yes. Good. Good. And Where did I put it? Okay, here it is. I found it. Okay. And I don't really, I didn't really have put a section off of what's in the bag we can play, you know, for you guys. I have not made it to the store yet, but since it was free comic book day, we might be able to talk about some of the free comics yeah. of the major things that were out there. So, all right, let's uh, let's go. All right, Nate. In three, I'm going to point. Watch for the point. Three. On your point. In three, two, one. Ooh, listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host. Eric McCaw. And, and has uh, it been shut down already? No, no, no. But no? The, the picture's out there. And is Nate, are you still gone? Okay, this is a big spoiler thing. So so fast forward 20 seconds. Uh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. The frozen head of Norman Osborn is in the armory. And okay. the guy that's probably Mysterio walks in and says, wake up, old friend. And he opens his eyes because he knew Chris Cooper was too big an actor to cast for that little tiny bit. So, so they do have the option of that he is still the mastermind behind everything, which I suspected. So spoiler, 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 spoilers off. <laughs>